Hello everyone and welcome back to a new episode of this podcast. My name is Sander Dirt and I'm your doctor today. In these 15 to 20 minute episodes, I will open up my doctor's office and in this open office, agile practitioners can ask me any type of question they encounter in practice and they would like to get some advice on. Whether you work as a product owner, scrum master, developer, agile leader, you name it, everyone is welcome to Dr. Agile's office. Get it? Sunderder? Doctor? No? Alright, I'll see myself out later. Anyway, if you would like to get some free advice or other perspectives on your questions, drop me a message on LinkedIn or join the Mastering Agility Discord community. You'll find the link in the show notes. Patient, you may enter now. I think there's one one question that you have left. Yes, and it kind of relates to the um, this rule of thumb that you were mentioning: one product, one product backlog, one product owner, right? So let me tell you about this uh, situation. So before implementing Scrum and Agile in the organization, uh, so like about one year ago, uh, we had a role called VP of Product. Right now, this person is supposed to be the creator of the vision for the product as well as the bridge between business and product. But at the same time, we have a product owner role who happens to need the VP approval for everything. This VP of product lives in a different time zone and takes ages to reply to the questions. Sometimes he replies with more questions, making it very painful to make decisions and to guide the product development. This has led to the product owner and the developers being frustrated. But the manager of the company, also the CTO, insists that we need this person's approval at all times because, of course, he has a lot of knowledge. So in reality, uh, the way I see it is that the VP is the PO and the PO is just doing all of the work, talking to clients, stakeholders, internal users, developers, plus taking care of the backlog. How would you approach uh, this situation? Are we in front of a proxy product owner? Yes, but ultimately, yes, it feels like your product owner is not fully being mandated to make the decisions needed to actually maximize the value of the product. Now, this may come from various reasons, but looking at what the Scrum Guide says and how Scrum is supposed to be working is that the Scrum, or the product owner is mandated to make all these kind of decisions. What usually happens in my experience when Scrum is being implemented is that these accountabilities are not thoroughly discussed and Scrum is being mapped to the existing organization, to the existing structure and the breakdown of how the organization looks like, instead of thinking we're now going to implement something that's completely different from what we've been doing before, what do we need to change? Whether that's on technical part, on accountability part, or on behavior part. And these, the, that last aspect usually is not being discussed. It's very much about the framework. It's we're going to do the daily scrums and we have our reviews and you go into mechanical scrum rather than actually changing the organization to make this fit for purpose. And then scrum or the, the, the implementation of scrum will fail. Does that resonate with you so far? It does. Uh, and 
when when first adopting Scrum, I did talk about these issues and and we, for example, designated a product owner that wasn't product owner uh, in his former role. And he learned, adapted, uh, we formed the Scrum teams, um, we broke the silos. So a lot of things did happen uh, when implementing Scrum. But the exception have been the has been the leadership roles, which is usually the, the problem when adopting agile and, and scrum. Like the, the managers are the one the ones feeling lost and and pointless at some point. So this role uh, was that role. He was like the not the boss because we have never seen him as boss, but he was like the the head of product. But now he should be, or at least as we have been told, he should be an stakeholder. But in reality, he's not a stakeholder because as I said, uh, he has to sign off everything we do. And he's not the only one to have to sign off everything we do. There was this other person which was head of design and we, we now have UX and UI experts working along with the Scrum teams, as I said, and those are the ones designing the product, but they also need the head of design approval for everything they do. And sometimes in the sprint reviews, we have uh, these two people criticizing what we do instead of being in our side as they were supposed to. I don't think uh, they feel comfortable either in that role anymore because so many things have changed and now like they, they still feel they are the bosses but at the same time we don't need them because we take the decision from what you hear from, uh, from you so far it feels like there's a disconnection when it comes to trust right the and it has a lot it might have to do with the switch where Traditional hierarchy is now way less in accountability and decentralized decision-making are switched to from, from the C-levels and management positions to the people actually performing the work. And that might be scary. That might be very challenging for people to let go of that sense of control. And that note that I say sense of control because in practice you don't control these things. You can try to control things. You can only control the, the work that's been done but not the outcome. But... Trust would be a very interesting area to discuss. Like, what's going on? What do we feel that we, where we're heading towards? What do we feel our culture should be? Where do we want our culture to be? And what's our definition of a good organization? And how, what should we change in the way that we that we behave to do that? And it might be a very good discussion to have in your sprint retrospectives as well. Invite that person and say, this is what we see is going on. It's it's a massive bottleneck in our flow. If we want to get more value or validate our assumptions and, and mitigate risk as soon as we can, we might need to do something with that. What do you feel about that? Um, how do you see this? Uh, maybe there's something behind his, his, behind his or her behavior um, that you might not know about that's causing this. So to have a good open blameless discussion would be very interesting to do 
So you think we can invite uh, them to a retrospective? You could, yes. There's nothing stopping you from doing so. I had understood that the retrospective shouldn't have any external guests. Looking at the Scrum Guide or the way that I approach these things during my uh, my my courses that I teach, purely Scrum Guide, it says you inspect the last print in regards to individuals, interactions, processes, tools, and the definition of done. Uh, this is very much an individual thing where it ties in, in together with that. And we can talk about people, about people instead of with people. If you invite them, you have a constructive discussion immediately. You have the right platform to do so. I'm not saying they have to be part with the uh, in the entire sprint retrospective, but because this specific thing is such a bottleneck in your flow and you have to wait for so long, it might be very useful to actually do this. Yes. So I've mentioned this idea before, not in the retrospective, but in general to have a session with uh, with them and like express how we feel uh, and and that I, I've had several sessions with the with the teams about this. But uh, when it comes to actually doing something about it, I see a huge lack of courage from the from the teams. So for example, there was one time when I tried to to speak up for them. And well, for and for me as well because I was also frustrated. I am part of the team, um, and I tried to say something, but nobody supported me. Like they acted like they didn't know what I was talking about. You know. Is there a, a culture I of fear? Like, what, don't want to be in that situation. Are people fear hmm, fearing repercussions? Yes. Well. Uh, I think so. I think they are feeling repercussions, but at the same time, the culture is pretty good in that sense. Like the the manager uh, is always encouraging the developers and when and the, and the teams in general to to speak up, to challenge each other, to challenge ideas, to raise concerns. What might be a very it's interesting experiment a... to do, if I can propose that, is to use the liberating structure TRIZ, T-R-I-Z. Do that together with your team when it comes to Scrum values. So, and what TRIZ does is to create the most unwanted desire, at least to identify the most unwanted desire. And then you start identifying things that you might already be doing. And you'll see that these things might pop up and that you can bring to the table and have a good discussion. Like this, these are the things that we're seeing. We don't want to. We don't want this to happen, but we're already doing that. And how can we move forward? Take actionable steps to make that more, uh, or to, to to mitigate this from happening. Have you ever done that before? And you're back. I lost you. Which yes. part did you lose me? I lost you for a bit. I lost the last part. Right. Uh, you were talking about the worst desires and the situations that we might be already doing. Yes, exactly. So what Triz does is to identify the most unwanted result that you possibly want. And from that, 
things that you might already be doing uh, in your day-to-day basis and then from that point start to to identify things that you can move away from this behavior to get a more desired result so this is these are the things that we observe that are is currently hampering us to actually um, move away from that unwanted desire uh, unwanted result and what can we do to make that more actionable uh, to to improve the situation and this might be a very good thing to do have you ever tried that definitely no, I was thinking about doing some Scrum values workshops because I do see how we we don't live by the Scrum values yet, uh, especially when it comes to courage. I think the the teams are not at that point yet. I relate that to several reasons for example the teams being young and junior in general Um, also the team members being introverts which may not seem like a reason but uh, they don't like exposure uh, as much and also we have a multicultural um, background like we have people from different places and mixing all of that is a challenge in itself. And we sometimes even struggle inside the team. Yeah, I can imagine. And also, um, and also I, I think that the teams are, they do feel like teams, but they are still lacking uh, some cohesion. Like they are a team, but they, I don't think they feel, they really feel like, like they got each other's back, you know? So I think they also fear uh, not being supported by, by the rest of the team. So I was thinking about continue doing team buildings to strengthen the connection, to strengthen the links between the team members. And I've been doing that. And also uh, Scrum Values workshops where we Definitely. play some exercise or put some things into practice. We we perform experiments and and see what happens. Yeah, I think that would but be I, I, working I would, together I will definitely well. try. Hmm. I will definitely try what you mentioned. Also have them think for about... for the courage workshop. Have them think about the um, what they see would be the definition of an awesome team. Like think about a time and that would be a good format for a workshop as well. Think about what a time that you have been part or you've seen an awesome team. What are characteristics and kind of behavior that happened in such an awesome team? And how how do we want our team to become awesome and how does that look like and what can we do to make that to to step take a little step into that definition of awesome. Do you know the team charter exercise? Yes. Because it's more or less what you are saying. Yeah. So I was uh, about to do that exercise with the with the teams too. I think it's a very good idea to like to for them to visualize themselves as a team and imagine uh, the possibilities and feel motivated by those possibilities. So, there is yeah, a whole realm of possibilities that. open for it, but indeed you have to discover them. 
And those making steps in those in that realm of possibilities is a lot more motivating than always having to fear the repercussions. How detrimental is it to your motivation if you always have to fear like not speaking up because else it might bite me in the ass or else I might not be supported by my team members. That's not uh, something that's actually that's going to help you persist this and, and it's not good for your mental health either if you always have to look over your shoulder try to avoid that as much as possible hmm. so we've discussed several options that you can take yeah does that help you a little bit forward yes definitely i i think the like the manager leadership problem that we have like those old roles uh, is is going to be there as long as we allow it to be there. And thus the problem comes from the from the from the teams, from the lack of trust. But it's no wonder we have a lack of trust because we don't live by the scrum values at this point. And then trust cannot happen, right? Yeah. So I think we have to work from the inside and then be able to like modify the the outside landscape too. Exactly. As a last advice, uh, before sending you off into the wild and closing the doctor's office for today, reading The Five Dysfunctions of a Team by Patrick Lencioni is exactly what this is about. Okay. So that is the prescription. That is the... Highly recommended. The pills I have to take. Yes, this would be the, <laughs> the pill in paper form. Hopefully this has helped you, Carmen. Thank you very much for coming to the doctor's office. If there are more symptoms popping up or things that you want to discuss, feel free to come back. I will. I will definitely. Thank you so much. You're welcome. All the best. And a big thank you to today's patient and having the courage to step up in this office. I hope this relieves some of the symptoms. Now, if you feel like having some advice or you would like to get some different perspectives send me a message on linkedin or join the mastering agility discord community you'll find the link in the show notes i hope to welcome you guys all back in the next episode of this podcast series have an amazing day